and Hannah. And this is our debut episode of Foodies Talk. Our podcast in which we are going to be talking about food and pretty much everything that comes along with it. But don't worry, we will always be trying to find the balance between brightening your day with a little laughter every now and then, when also trying to be a little informative. But today we are going to be tackling some rather serious matter, aren't we? Yeah, and we think it's both of global significance and very close to our hearts. And the best thing, it concerns each and every single one of us. Now picture this. About 822 million people currently suffer from hunger. Meanwhile, almost half the food produced globally is tossed away in industrial countries. Therefore, our today's topic will be... Feeding the world versus food waste. When talking about feeding the world, nutritional capacity is a term of great significance you most likely will not be able to avoid mentioning. Wait, hold on. Agricultural nutritional what? You know what, I've been preparing for this question. After a lengthy conversation with Alexa, reading a staggering amount of Google articles on that, I now feel confident enough to explain. So, what we need to understand when talking about feeding the world is that there's a max maximum amount of food that can, can be produced on Earth after all. This upper limit technically is referred to as nutritional capacity, even though this limit is dependent on a variety of factors, yet there's one thing that especially impacts the amount of food that we are able to produce, and that is agricultural capacity. everything we eat is derived from agriculture one way or another, agricultural land actually is a pretty scarce resource. Viable agriculture, whether for subsistence, local market or export, requires land with the right soil type, geology, slope water supply and climate. Not all rural or under, undeveloped land is appropriate for agriculture, so fertile cropland and good grazing Pastures are limited supply. Moreover, agricultural land is increasingly lost to desertification and urbanization. Once this land is converted to a non-farm use, it will likely never return to farm production again. On top of that, the immense loss of farmland is quite contrasting to the recent projections regarding the world's population. Scientists believe that in 2050, the world's population will have surpassed the 9 billion mark. By that time, we will need to have increased food production by a minimum of 60% to sufficiently feed each and every one of them. Wow, that has been some quite serious facts, hasn't it? That's true. Seems like feeding the world really is a question of clever management of land use. And resources. You've really got a point there. In theory, agricultural production could nourish 14 billion people. 
even be the case if there already is 800 million of people suffering from malnutrition. That's because those resources given are rarely used efficiently. Instead of human nourishment, a large amount of the crops produced are used for feeding livestock. Did you know that to produce just one single kilogram of beef, it takes 16 kilograms of grain as food and 20,000 liters of water? No, I bet you didn't. In addition, livestock really takes a toll on our climate. A single kilogram of beef before has emitted more greenhouse gases than emitted when driving a distance of 250 kilometers by car. I think so nobody. That's just a, a single kilogram. Yes, that's like yeah. just w like one hamburger or maybe two hamburgers. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm not big on meat. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I just think that nobody really knows what is behind just one kilogram and. Therefore, like when you have like a barbecue party with all of your friends, all of your friends, it's like almost like I don't know how much, but like my friends and I, we always eat like maybe three kilogram, and that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, but I think like eating meat for some willing is also like a cultural aspect. But for us as a vegetarian family, meat substitute substitutes actually work pretty well. I think. No. I don't know, Alice. I know we've talked about that. What's yeah, there's so many meat substitutes. Yeah. So, for example, you know, do you know Rügenwalder Mühle? Yeah. Uh, what's it called again? Yeah, you're, you're right. Rügenwalder Mühle. Yeah. Um. So I'm not vegetarian, but um, I started to uh, like to try it, and it's so tasty and you don't see the difference between real meat and the like Rügenwalder Mühle. We yeah. we once That's had funny story. We once had um um like a sausage which which was like a vegetarian and my dad and I we didn't know it was vegetarian and it fell on the ground and we have a dog and then our dog <laughs> like um got near to it and like sniffed it and it was like Ooh, and then it ran away <laughs> without touching the sausage. So maybe vegetarian food can also prevent your dog from eating it. <laughs> yeah, that might be good, but maybe that's due to some, like, mm, you know, sometimes meat substitutes have really, um, what's the word? Um, I, I, the ingredients are not as good sometimes. There's many aromas for example in them and maybe that's why the dog wouldn't touch them yeah so i think you should like also eat meat substitutes in like smaller portions maybe not every day yeah because it doesn't mean they're healthy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know do we want to move on maybe yeah what also really plays into our disability to the world is that almost 50% of the food that is produced is being wasted in industrial countries. Yeah, and food waste actually happens in a variety—I'm uh, <laughs> sorry—in a variety of dimensions. For example, westernized countries 
have really high and unreasonable standards on how food is supposed to look like or be shaped. Like products are not to products that not meet those uh, standards cannot be put out for sale and therefore are thrown away eventually. And that is simply based on the food's looks and it does not necessarily necessarily say anything about its taste. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, fun fact. There's a EU regulation that requires that bananas must not be shaped in an abnormal curvature. <laughs> what? Okay. What is an abnormal curvature even supposed to be? I don't think the regulation provides any guidance on that, actually. <laughs> I cannot even put into words how ridiculous this is. I know, right? Unfortunately, that is just a rather small part of the problem. Most of the food waste actually is produced in the shops and especially in the individual households. I feel like we are ready for some facts, aren't we? Seems like we have a nose for that. Facing the facts with the foodies. So, back in 2012, a study found that in Germany, an estimated amount of 11 million metric tons of food are thrown away annually. That equals an amount of 180, 38 kilograms per person. In the USA, it is even about 150 kilograms per person. While about 60% of that food waste is produced during production and the food's way into our supermarkets, it is the consumers that are responsible for 40% of the total loss of food. This mostly is due to a few numbers on the food's packaging that people tend to misunderstand all too often. What we need to keep in mind is that there is a significant difference between the expiration date and the best before date. Expiration dates tell consumers the last day a product is safe to consume. You will most likely find expiration dates on perishable foods, including meat, fish and some dairy. If a product has not been opened, it might be last for another day or two, Yet in general, perishable foods should be tossed away after having surpassed expiration date. The best before date, on the other hand, tells you that the food is no longer in its perfect shape for that date. It may just lose its freshness, taste, aroma or nutrients. It does not necessarily mean that the product is no longer safe to eat. You can find a best before date on every non-perishable foods, which include rice, pasta, sweets, flour and anything canned. Even though putting products that have passed the past before, best before date out for sale is not prohibited in the, UA, in the EU, most discounters are very unlikely to do so. If a product beyond its best before date is sold, it is the discounters that bears liability for the product safety. So the thing is, you will never find those products anywhere because they will just thrown into they will just be thrown into the trash can or something and it's like really sad i think yeah i'm guessing that as well that you know most discounters will not take the risk but you know rather toss the food away am i right yeah you're totally right there but while at least it's 
understandable to some extent. I really don't get why it is considered a crime to then take that food out of the containers in order to save it from waste. Can you believe people have actually been sealed a lot of money for that? There actually is a store here in Monheim, I think, like Kaufland, I think. They have like a rule that is like the day before it expires, you can buy it like for 50% off. I'm not sure though, but I think it is like that. I mean, there are like people in other countries that don't even have food and we are lucky to have food and then we just throw it yeah. away even though it's still good. I mean, yeah, right now. We value the food. Yeah, like we, we always there. have enough food, and we don't know how people feel like who have not enough food, and yeah. we can't like. I we think. Can't put ourselves in them, you know. Yes, but I think right now, like with with the coronavirus, we like slowly get to experience this because, like in the beginning stages, like in March when the coronavirus was like just starting out in uh, Germany. There was like barely any flour or toilet paper. Toilet paper is like, ooh, but like yeah. flour yeah. even, or just like even rice. <laughs> yes, like everything was basically basically out, and I was like, what? What? Pasta as yeah. well. It was crazy. Yes. But can you tell me why everyone would buy sugar? Like, what would they bring with tons of sugar at home? Yeah. Would they eat it? I have or? no idea. Bake Maybe everyone bread. wants to bake something. I've, yeah, but I have no idea, really. What would you need, like, several kilograms of sugar for? I, <laughs> I mean, what would you need <laughs> 10 bags of toilet paper for, though? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wanted to question that. I, I don't understand people, really. Yeah, but, but sugar, I mean, you, yeah. you need toilet paper. And actually, when there was no toilet paper to buy, we were kind of, like Um, where my aunt lives, she lives like near Aachen and there was one person who accidentally left uh, one roll of toilet paper, just one roll, you have to keep that in mind, in their car and actually someone broke into the car to get 
this one roll. They didn't steal anything else. There was like, um, it was just, it was a new car and they just stole the toilet paper instead of the whole car. Like, I mean, obviously it's good that they didn't, didn't steal the whole car, but like, they just stole the toilet paper. Just for toilet paper? That's so, that's so ridiculous and it's so crazy. Yes. But I think that really shows how in a crisis, people tend to, you know, the value of the things that are everyday life or belong to our everyday life just increases. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's how, how it comes that we don't really think it much anymore. My, my grandmother, for example, she really, she never wastes anything. Like, she would still, I don't know, cook it or make anything from it. She, she would never throw away food that oh. is not safe to eat, uh, that is still safe to eat, just mm -hmm. because it might not look as good. That's what we also do, because my mom has to cook for, like, her job. Like, she's a daycare person, so she has to cook for her four children that come here every day like not right now because of the coronavirus but normally and she always cooked uh, cooked a little bit more um for us like for my sister and me and then even if still something's left over my dad eats it in the evening or he takes it to his job the next day so we try to like keep the food waste at a minimum as well but sometimes something expires or something but we try to keep it low. I think that's a good that's a good approach. Like I know people who would like throw away their waste just if they like are a little bit squishy or don't yeah. look as good anymore, but are totally fine. Like throw away vegetables, just they not as crunchy anymore. Salad, for example. Mm. Mm. For example, in Israel, when I was in Israel, it was so crazy really the people made a lot of food really they cooked a lot of food and um the food that was not eaten they just throw it away it, everything it was <laughs> it was Oof. really um unbelievable mm, i can imagine that actually when you look on the internet you can find a lot of recipes that tell you what to do with even just a little bit older bananas for example because we talked about bananas earlier, um, when bananas oh, are like, really yeah, when they are like a little bit more on the brownish brownish side, or you can just take them and um, put them into smoothies because when they get brown, they get more sweet, and therefore the smoothies mm -hmm. taste better. Or you can do banana milk or something, which is really cool. Oh, no. oh, do you oh, know you banana bread? Oh sorry. yeah. Sorry, I'm oh, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> you. You're gone. No, do you know uh, banana bread? Yeah. Mm. Oh, so tasty. <laughs> it really is. And the more white bananas are, the better it tastes because they get sweeter. That's true. Mm -hmm. But what I also wanted to talk about is like, I don't know if you've heard of it because I don't think we live in a city big enough to use those apps, but there are actually apps that you can um, buy food that is beyond its specified age um, for like very cheap prices and then get it. Like people could sell it in Cologne, for example. There's many apps where you can just buy um, 
are beyond that before, or that even stores that buy um, foods that are beyond that before they and put it out for sale for, of course, to supervisors. I think that's really good. I think that's a really good approach to yeah. that problem. I've never heard of that, but it really sounds really good. It really I sounds. That's because our city isn't big enough to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there will be something like this in the new city center we will get like in the next few years I'm not sure though but I heard oh, something yeah, that about that cool. yeah. I know there are supposed to be like one or two fair trade um, stores but I'm not sure but I think there's one at least and the other one is like in discussion um, because when we talked about, uh, to the uh, town like the one who is like in um what is it called in um yeah the one who is like doing all of that she talked uh, to us about it and she was like telling us about the fair trade stores and how it will be really cool in the end and did you see the pictures it will look great the bus and then go by train and it takes so yeah. long. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kind of annoying. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, I don't think, do you have anything more to say? No, not really.